I'm Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, and today on Fifth Emission, a shortage of masks is worrying healthcare workers around the Bay Area. In Seattle, healthcare workers took to fashioning their own supplies out of equipment they bought at home improvement stores. And in the Bay Area now, residents are posting pleas for masks on social media. Nurses are asking neighbors for any leftover from wildfire season. Meanwhile, the president and vice president are saying that there is enough protective gear to go around. Joining me to talk about the availability of supplies for healthcare workers is Rachel Swan. Rachel, thanks for joining me. What is it specifically that hospitals and workers are afraid of running out of right now? Well, largely what we're hearing about um, is the the masks um, to protect themselves, obviously, from the virus, but also other protective gear. Um, we've heard about a shortage of hospital swabs, which are t- for testing equipment. Um, they're also worried about gowns, gloves, goggles, any kind of protective gear that um, shields them from this contagious virus. Uh, why Why is it that this stuff seems to be in short supply right now? You would think that hospitals would have a lot of this on hand. Well, <laughs> one thing actually that kind of that I learned from reporting this story um when I spoke to SF General they said a lot of these supplies actually come from China um so because China was an epicenter obviously of the coronavirus um it, it the manufacturing sector experienced a lot of economic disruptions so that's um disrupted the supply chain somewhat um also, the swabs that SF General uses are made in Italy, also an epicenter of the coronavirus epidemic, also experiencing a lot of economic disruption. People are self-quarantining quarantining, and manufacturing has really slowed down. That's not obviously the only thing like on a macroeconomic level, though. That's what's going on. I mean, but largely, as we all know, this caught everyone completely off guard hospitals are in charge of their own supplies. Um, you know, they can, so they, they've kind of been left on their own. They can appeal to the state for more, but I mean, there's just been like a lack of planning all the way up to the federal level and, um, a sense that, you know, individual hospitals, individual localities are completely flying blind and left on their own to deal with this. How much of the problem is also that um, consumers are buying up this stuff from Amazon and from other places? That's a problem too, obviously. And I mean, one thing that was kind of striking to me is um, obviously wildfire season, we kind of saw the same thing because everybody had to have an N95 mask. And um when, when, a grievance that the, um, spokesman from SF General had, or actually maybe it's not a grievance, but he said if we hadn't had wildfires, no one would really know what an N95 mask is. So maybe we wouldn't see this like consumer buying spree. But I mean, that's, that eats into the same supply that, um, to, to some degree, it eats into the same supply that, um, medical facilities need to draw from as well. 
Oh, that's really interesting. So maybe we should explain what are these N95 masks? N95 masks are the ones, so they're not the ones you see on the medical TV shows. They're the, <laughs> they're the, they're the ones that, um, actually guard against particulate matter. So originally the CDC, the CDC was saying that hospitals need to use N95 masks to protect against coronavirus because the um, CDC had thought that coronavirus was airborne, that it could travel through the air. Um, Now the guidelines have changed and they're saying coronavirus is actually transmitted through droplets like saliva and other bodily fluids. So they've changed the guidelines. So now they're recommending that hospitals use surgical masks. And those are the ones we do see on TV that we associate with like, you know, a surgeon. So so if the CDC says that it's perfectly fine to use those, you know, sort of... I, the floppy masks, the floppy basically masks, yeah. the 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 in the in uh, the N95 masks are the the slightly harder yeah. ones with like a filter on them. So if it's okay to use the floppy masks, why why is everybody freaking out about the N95 masks? Um, well, because those are I mean people are you know originally we thought the coronavirus was airborne. A lot of people still. Um, I mean, this is changing so fast. A lot of people still believe they need an N95 mask. I mean, a lot of people are purchasing the N95 masks and there's just been a real short supply. And to, in my, to my understanding, some hospitals, like their own guidelines are still to use N95 masks. So there seems to be a lack of consistency across the board. There also seems to be a, a like a, a lack of agreement over <laughs> how long this does stay in the air because I think we were all told no you have to like basically touch some liquid that <laughs> somebody sneezed or coughed or something like that but there's also been some data that suggests maybe it can live in the air a little while so I, I think there's also people are just kind of confused about what the truth is at this point. And maybe that's because we don't really know it's such a new virus. One thing I did hear from a doctor who um, didn't want to be, um, didn't want her name to be used, but she did bring up, bring up an interesting point when I was talking to her yesterday was that all these, we're seeing all these papers coming out right now, right? On coronavirus. Like you'll see a lot of them shared on Twitter, right? And everyone will be like, Oh, look at this paper by blah, blah, blah. It has all the answers. They're not peer reviewed. There's not enough time to peer review all these studies and papers. So a lot of what we're hearing right now, I mean, it's, it's almost like theories you know, yeah. that haven't had enough time to be tested. So it's going to keep changing. Well, I, I that's an excellent, I think that's a really great point because I remember back back in the days when we were in the newsroom and, and not working from home, I, I brought one of those to health reporter Erin Alday and she said, you know, in general, we don't report on things that aren't peer-reviewed because uh, anybody will tell you things change so much. And there's a reason we have peer review articles. So yeah. I think right now everybody's looking for answers and there's a lot of um, uh, there's a lot of potentially bad information out there. Yeah. And well-intended information that just doesn't, you know, may not be up to snuff. So that's part of the reason why it changes day to day, <laughs> you know. 
Well, I, I saw a tweet today from the Valley Medical Center Foundation in Silicon Valley, and they specifically were asking any tech manufacturers for help creating face shields, which, and, and then the end of the tweet said, we're not joking. Oh my god! This just seems incredible to me. So, and you already mentioned um, hospitals are sort of in charge of their own supplies, but given that we went through a similar shortage during the wildfire season, doesn't it seem like there should be um, somebody, some who who's ultimately in charge of making sure we have adequate medical supplies in this country? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, to, to some degree, the, the federal, not to some degree, but the federal government, you know, it, it is the ultimate first responder to this crisis, right? And um, we did hear from Mike Pence that um, that um, manufacture that today that manufacturers are producing 35 million new masks. Um, so, you know, we've heard a lot of reassurances from the federal government that new new masks are being manufactured. Um, but, you know, it just seems like, you know, there was a lot of reluctance to take this very seriously at first um, from the federal government. And, um, you know, what I've heard, I haven't gotten anyone on the phone from the State Department of Health, but what I've heard from their written state, what I understand from their written statements is that they're really, you know, putting the onus on local hospitals to be in charge of their own supplies. So it's kind of like, this shifting of responsibility. Everyone is saying, this is not my responsibility. This is not my responsibility. So it's really left, I mean, honestly, it's really left local hospitals to go on Twitter <laughs> and say, hey, uh, innovation center of the world, can you innovate now? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the You spoke to an ICU nurse at UCSF Medical Center, um, and she said that there's only a two-week uh, supply of masks, goggles, and other protective equipment. Two weeks seems like a long time and that we might be able to get through that if there is more manufacturing on the way. But why, why is that still disconcerting? Well, because... I guess what every everyone is contingency planning at this point in time. And I mean, we've seen these numbers of cases really escalate. Our number as of this morning was in 15 days, the number of positive cases had risen by 8,000, 8,000%. 8, <laughs> so, uh, in, um, nationally. Um, so, you know, everyone's preparing for a surge. And if this, if coronavirus, you know, if it if it really is true, what what Newsom has suggested that more than half of us could contract it, um, you know, and we really do see a surge in the coming weeks, then a, a two even an ample two week supply is just not going to be enough. And every single hospital will um, readily say, "Hey, you know, we have an ample supply for two weeks of." no pandemic. <laughs> but if we see a surge, we're in trouble. I mean, every single one of them is saying we're in trouble if we see a surge. 
I'm speaking with reporter Rachel Swan about the supplies at Bay Area hospitals. We'll be right back after this break. Rachel, you spoke to a nurse at Kaiser Permanente who said they're already rationing, rationing supplies there. What What's going on? So what they're doing and what concerns this nurse is they are getting... So for patients that are what, what they're calling PUIs, P- patients that are quote-unquote under investigation, meaning they're being tested for coronavirus, they haven't tested positive yet, nurses and are getting one mask per patient per day, which might seem fine, except this nurse was concerned because basically what that means is she said the the standard protocol should be when a nurse sees a patient, the nurse will wear a mask if it's necessary, and then before leaving the room, throw the mask in the garbage. You know, but if they're only given one mask per patient per day, um, then the nurse may have to reuse the mask. And that was concerning to her because basically, you know, so let's just say, for example, a nurse, the nurse sees the patient, the nurse has to leave the room, the nurse leaves the mask, you know, on the counter um, comes back, puts the mask back, back on. This particular nurse thought that this might expose her to coronavirus, you know, if she's dealing with a positive case. Um, and as, as we've been talking about, we don't know a lot about coronavirus. You know, we, we don't actually at this point know how contagious it is or how long it stays on a surface. Um, so, you know, these fears could be completely legitimate. Um, Also, they're getting one set of goggles per patient. And so they've been instructed to clean the goggles out with bleach and then at the end of the day, put them in a brown paper bag with their name on it. So they don't get to throw the goggles away either. And really, you know, in under normal circumstances, they should be just throwing all this equipment in the garbage as soon as they're done seeing the patient. I talked to someone at Sutter who said that they also do the same thing with goggles, that they reuse them. So it's not it's not just, we shouldn't pick on yeah. Kaiser. So you also <laughs> spoke to other hospitals yeah. where this is happening. Yeah. And and is this, is this an actual problem or is there a real risk here or is it just um our our frontline workers feeling like they don't have the tools to do their job do is there a legitimate concern here for them well i mean again that is the problem is that we don't know how contagious this virus is or we we haven't really come to agreement as you as you, as you said, Audrey, we haven't really come to agreement about full agreement about whether it's airborne, whether it's droplet borne, you know, whether it lives here, whether it lives there. So, I mean, it could be that the virus doesn't hang out on the mask and there's nothing to worry about, but it could be that the virus stays on the mask for three days and anyone, if, if some, if you re, you know, if you don the mask again, I guess they call it donning and doffing. If you don the mask again, then you're exposing yourself to the virus. Um, so it, it 
seems like a completely legitimate concern. I mean, we have these healthcare workers who are, you know, obviously they're the most essential people in fighting this crisis. And um, I mean, they're being told that, you know, they they have to come to work. They have to continue battling this virus. But I mean, all of them are really concerned for their own safety. And, you know, when they go home, like, are they infecting their families? Are they infecting their children? Are they infecting everyone they see at Safeway? So, yeah, it's it's not just like a silly... It's not just like a silly bureaucratic protocol. It's um, these are actual, actual real life fears. One of the the things that I've noticed in on my social media, on Nextdoor, on this group chat that I'm on right now with other parents, is a lot of people are asking, um, asking all of us to go into our closets and find those N5 masks that maybe we bought during the last wildfire season when the when it was so smoky in the bay area um and but the the question i have is will hospitals accept that if we if we drive up and drop off four four and five masks or a box of them is that what hospitals want us to do well i would be very afraid if they accepted my wildfire season mask which i wore <laughs> yes. which i wore repeatedly <laughs> during wildfire season, even though we were supposed to throw it away because, you know, obviously we had a shortage. Um, what I have been told by the spokesman from SF General, Brent Andrews, is that some hospitals will accept donations. Um, but then there's, you know, restrictions as to what can be donated. And I mean, the way he described it is they have to fit certain regulations. Maybe they have to be a certain size. There's even some licensing regulations. Um, so, you know, it, that it's, that's kind of a problem. Another thing that we haven't come to agreement on is like, you know, you'll see these calls on social media you know, really urging people. And, you know, everyone is kind of in the giving spirit now. And so, you know, I have no doubt that thousands of people are donating these, you know, potentially useless and maybe dirty and, you know, <laughs> maybe even poor quality masks to hospitals that may just wind up disposing of them. Um, and yesterday I... Um, had heard from Kaiser nurses that they had been, and, and Kaiser staff that they had been told by Kaiser not to bring in their own N95 masks. Um, I haven't heard yet from Kaiser whether they would accept donations, but I mean, there, you know, there hasn't really, there isn't really agreement between hospital. One thing that hospitals, one thing that did happen was very, recently is that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention um, updated its guidelines to allow healthcare workers to use, you know, a wide variety of things that wouldn't normally pass, pass for masks, like scarves, bandanas, um, things that are scaring me as I read them, homemade masks, <laughs> you know, anything as a last resort. Um, but still, you know, hospitals are pretty squeamish about this. I, I, I think the workers are pretty squeamish yes. about it too. <laughs> um, I, I, I've heard from a few nurse friends that, 
um, the the implication that they should just wear a bandana while they're going to work to try to save people from this uh, virus is not acceptable. And, and you know, and, and like everybody else, many of them live with older parents or maybe have children or um, loved ones that are uh, have have other underlying healthcare issues and maybe also at risk. So, I mean, I think it's it's understandable that they're extremely stressed at this point in time too. Yes, absolutely. Well, I I have no doubt that we are going to continue to cover this issue of the supplies and where we are. Uh, Rachel Swan, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Audrey. It was a pleasure. I'd like to thank reporter Rachel Swan for being with me today, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.